Thank you for joining us around the fire. For more information or to make a donation, please visit randomactsnetwork.com. Now, want to hear a scary story? First thing in the morning, every morning, Grace went to see her son. She'd plant a kiss and hold his chin and remind him how much she loved him. Sometimes she'd sing to him or tell him a story. Mommy's here, she would say, even though he couldn't hear her. She had moved with Paul across the country into a tiny apartment she didn't like. They'd only dated a few weeks, but he tore her away from everyone she knew. For a number of reasons, most of the people she'd loved throughout her life had disappeared. Only a few months after they'd settled into the new place, Paul disappeared too. And Grace was alone, to grieve a relationship that never was. She worked long hours to barely cover the rent and ached for connection. Calls back home went unreturned, and the dark blanket of loneliness grew heavier with each day spent on her own. She couldn't blame them for ignoring her. After all, she disappeared. Several weeks after Paul had gone, the apartment began to rock back and forth like a great ship riding the waves of the storm. Grace stumbled to the toilet just in time, retching into the bowl and finally calming the waters. Never in her life had she dealt with nausea like this, and she began to suspect what she assumed would be impossible. Yet the test confirmed it. She was pregnant. By some wild chance, Paul had left something behind after all. So Grace did everything to prepare both herself and her home for the impending arrival. She'd give this child the life she'd never had and fill their days with love. He arrived that winter right on schedule, and the birth was quick and easy. Grace and Christopher spent their first two years learning and growing and loving together. She did everything to show that he could trust her and love her, and she would never disappear. But that's a promise he couldn't make in return. A short bout of illness escalated rapidly, and the poor boy lost his life without ever setting foot in the hospital. Grace begged him to open his eyes, or to smile, anything. The boy was gone, but she wasn't ready to let him go. Grace tucked him into bed, kissing his cold forehead, and hurried to the library. She immersed herself in ancient rituals and texts, visiting occult shops across the city and reading handwritten notes and translations. She studied black magic and witchcraft. Along the way, those she spoke with warned of the possible dangers ahead, but Grace wouldn't listen. With only a few days of his passing, 
she'd located one of the last remaining copies of a long-forgotten book of dark magic and worked through every page. Some were illegible, while others were scribbled with updates and additional notes. Finally, she found a conjuring spell that seemed to offer what she desired. Grace could never explain how she did it, but somehow it worked. She guided Christopher's faint, lost soul back to his body. His eyes opened and he smiled. The mother and son embraced and danced and laughed and ran and played. Grace was overwhelmed and nearly giddy. Could she simply pretend it never happened? And could the rules of the underworld really be so plain? The boy didn't seem to remember anything, and she preferred it that way. She wanted him to live the carefree life a child deserves without the weight of the world on his shoulders. Each night, they fell asleep cuddled together in bed as Grace read aloud from his favorite book. She was so happy, so content. Here in her home was an angel on earth. But on their fourth day together, Grace stepped from the bedroom to begin the coffee and returned to wake her son. She found the room stale, nearly rancid. Plugging her nose, she rushed to the window, inhaling the fresh air from outside. The noise caused Christopher to wake, and he sat up with a loud smile. Without even trying, Grace displayed one to match. They'd start their day with a walk in the park. Hand in hand, they wandered in the winter sun. Each time they came upon a group of children, Grace would introduce her son and ask if they wanted to play. But every time, the kids politely declined with wide eyes. As they continued their stroll, they came upon a bench. Grace lifted Christopher to sit next to her and looked at him in the sunlight. His face was pale almost completely without color, and beginning to sink. His nose was running heavily. She removed his scarf, wiping the dribble away, but the skin of his upper lip began to pull away too. Christopher winced in pain, but held still. She looked around. Why was everyone staring? They'd better get home for lunch. He sat like such a good boy while she made a large pot of noodles, but didn't have an appetite when it came time to eat. As she drew him a bath, he began to vomit, heaving red and brown and green and black into the toilet bowl. Grace covered her mouth. She didn't want to scream. Finally, he stopped and fell to the floor with exhaustion. She picked him up, hushing his cries, and put him in the bath, returning with a cloth to wash his face. She dipped it into the warm water and began to wipe away the vomit. She had barely made contact with his cheek when a large chunk of skin slipped off and plopped into the water, 
instantly turning the entire bath red. Now she couldn't help but scream. She slammed the bathroom door behind her as her child gurgled and wailed. With a trembling voice, she called back inside to her son, promising that she'd be right back. She hurried to her room and took a box from under her bed, placing the giant rotting book from inside it onto her covers. She flipped to the page she had bookmarked and read everything to herself again and again. Finally, she realized what she had misunderstood. Grace had never brought her son back to life. She had simply brought his soul back to his body. She returned to the bathroom and wrapped what was left of her child in a towel, carrying him back to his room. And she continued loving him and comforting him as his body swelled and leaked and decayed, taking with him everything but the bones. She only hoped he didn't feel it much. Grace pored over the book again and studied several others. She returned to the shops and the library and experts, but nobody had any answers. Before, she was willing to do anything for her son to be alive. Now, she'd do anything to let him rest. Weeping into the skies, she begged the powers above to collect his soul. But it was too late. Grace had cheated death, and her punishment was to keep what she stole. Weeks later, she gathered his bones and placed them into his old bassinet in the corner of her room. She tucked them into the blanket along with a toy and made sure he was most comfortable. Sometimes at night she could hear the bones knocking against each other and she knew that he hadn't disappeared. First thing in the morning, every morning, Grace went to see her son. She'd planned to kiss and hold his chin and remind him how much she loved him. Mommy's here, she would say, even though he couldn't hear her, for he was only bones. Mommy's Here, told by Shannon Lee Weber.